0: Afternoon and welcome to the latest Nick Bradley Racing podcast. Um, things are beginning to get going now on the flat scene, and um, certainly on the breeding side of things, things are uh, very very busy at the moment. I think we've covered four mares in total today, and there's two pencilled in for tomorrow. So things are hectic, but that's how we like it. Heading down to the breeze up sales tomorrow for the Guineas breeze up. Definitely my favourite breeze up sale of the whole lot. Um, So I will be looking to crack on tomorrow and buy a lorry load of two-year-olds, hopefully fillies, bought two colts from Doncaster and one filly. But I'll be trying to get more fillies ideally tomorrow. Um, I'm going to start by looking at uh, the horses that are about to run in the next two weeks and then we'll have a look at the ones which have run. So um, we've got Mercy lining up at possibly Thirsk on Saturday or Beverly early next week. She won a nice debut um, under Sam James. Didn't really handle the coming out of the stalls very well, but that's that's fine for a debut. Yeah, it can happen quite a lot. Um, it's quite common with two-year-olds. I think she'll go very close. Wherever she runs, she'll run a big race. Um, we've got Ascending Glory, who ran at Southall. She will run at Caterick on the 9th of May. Slight change of plan with her. Um... She should be there or thereabouts in Catterick. Maspoda is going to go to Redcar for Phillies Only Race. Um, she should strip a lot fitter for her return to the race track. We've got an interesting day up at Redcar on Thursday. We've got Zeham in the cellar, or the claimer, sorry, and two Phillies in the in the two-year-old cellar. I think all horses should run well. Zeham obviously loves the Beverly Track, loves the uphill finish. Is in the form of his life at the age of eight. Um, if he gets a strong pace to run out, he should be there or thereabouts. Um, yeah, we, sh- we, sh- we should have a couple of winners up there at Redco on Thursday. Um, the Barry Two Year Olds, Bojink runs it today at Suddle, Which by the time this has been sent out, it will be it will already happened. I think she'll run well. Um, we're looking to ride it slightly differently. Um, I could not say she's going to win, um, but she came over to Ireland with the good reports. We've been disappointed a new market disappointed since but hopefully she she puts that behind her um subtle today hello my darling on a great race at bath she goes to chelmsford um on thursday for the chel mistakes ryan moe's booked to ride she should go close um fast response is also going to go for that race we've got lucia joining at thirsk i was thinking about going taking her to nottingham on the 6th of may and that's probably still the plan but she could go to Thirsk if that race cuts up. Schooler isn't far away from her return to the track. We'll see her hopefully in three weeks at York. Um, so that's her. Rhinoplasty runs this evening at Thirsk. I think she'll win tonight at Thirsk. Um, ran well last time. Step up to six would be slight inconvenience, but she'll be that little bit fitter. And she's got a lower mark on the turf than she has on the old weather. Huddy Sweep ran really well at Newmarket with running against a high-class field of colts. She's probably going to run at Newmarket on Friday uh, in the listed race where she, she'll be partnered with Eld- by Eldrick Jones, who also lines up. Caboo disappointed up at New at Newcastle. Um, I think we'll put that one behind us. We may go to Chester May meeting for the five furlong race. There, if not, he could go to York for the knots and ninety-five there. He has got dirt at the Sills as well I'm going to talk to the owners in the next 24 hours and hopefully make a plan um, Al Karim ran a big race at Sandown last week um, just a little bit flat-footed for a period in the race, hit a bit of a flat spot. He will go to York on May the 13th and he will have a big chance. Lit marie ran well on debut at Beverly, finishing second She's in at Thursday again at the weekend. We'll see her out in the next 7 to 10 days. She should go close on her second start. Eldritch Jones has said he goes to um, Newmarket on Friday. Pleased to see the Twilight Lady win on her second start. Smart filly. didn't give a lot of money for her. Um, She could go across to Ireland for a listed race early next week. Um, she's definitely going to go ahead for the Marygate she may go to Chester for the yeah, Lily Agnes but I suspect she'll go Ireland and then to York Jackie Chase, Tim to his two year old filly, run two races I thought Beverly was quite a good run just got tied up the hill um, a lot of teams need a couple of t- runs as to, uh, before they can hit full fitness she's in at the Red Casella. I think she'll take a lot of beating there and that's pretty much it for horses that are coming up. Uh, obviously, Guinness Weekend. Um, it's a shame to see Inspiral particularly as we don't have any runners in the race. Uh, I thought Inspire Wood was a was a good thing at the weekend. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if George Bowes Cashier finishing the three. Now that horse loves the track. It's going to be playing at home, whereas lots of horses will be will be playing on unknown um, track uh, ground conditions. Cashier you know, has ridden on it every day and um, surely would we'll go there with a great way chance. In the 2000 guineas, you've got a fancy native trail. Um, took a little while to pick up a new market, but when he picked up, he, he fair took off. So we've now come to the review section of the podcast. Um, relatively pleased with how the horse are beginning to run. This time last year, our first two-year-old winner was at the Doncaster meeting that was held on Saturday night. Lucy Lulu won there. We were slightly ahead because Twilight Lady won at Ripon on Saturday afternoon. Um, so we're, we're kind of you know bang on, on where we were this time last year. Twilight Lady was very impressed with how she she ran. Um, if you watch her race at Musselburgh, she gave away probably the best part of 100 yards at the start. Um, she feared that the uh, the colt who was acting rather coltish um, wanted to uh, give us some special attention, um, so she she kind of sat down in the stalls, waited, um, and c- couldn't win once 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 she got out. Um, she actually ran a faster last two furlongs than the winner that day, and the last four furlongs were as fast as the winner. Um, so we went to first with plenty of uh, confidence. She was drawn against the rail. I thought she had a massive each way chance. Uh, ben gave her an absolute great ride. Um switching to the outside to come around the field. A horse with clearly lots of ability. Um, the, um yes, smart filly. beats the three or four horses fancied in that race as well. So I think I think the Twilight there just probably ran to a mark in the low eighties. Um as I mentioned in the previous, she's gonna she's gonna look too good on the listed route going forward. Other runners this week, we had Mercy run at Beverly. I think she's a winner waiting to happen. Chief at flying fifth late on. That Beverly race is worth watching the last 100 yards. There were several horses that kind of, you saw the penny drop late on. They will surely be going close next time out. I think the Omera horse was, was one of the other ones that flew late. George Barry, 2 year olds a little bit disappointing at the moment. So Bojink ran at Newmarket in a hot race, travelled strongly and then emptied. Um, some of the horses that she'd been beating have also run on the track and they've disappointed as well. George thinks that they want six or seven furlongs. Um, I hope he's right. So I'm not. I'm not sure at the moment, but I hope he's right. Um, Carl's horses. Honey Sweet ran really well at Newmarket. Caboo disappointed Newcastle. It was probably my error. Rhino Plasti obviously won at Wolverhampton and I think she wins again tonight at first. Fast Response ran a great race at Nottingham on debut. She will be there or thereabouts at Chelmsford this week. Al Karim, little bit, little bit annoyed. Um, kind of, this horse has um, done the same thing twice now. It's, um, hit a flat spot and then stayed on. Um, looking at the time of the race, it was a, it, it was a good good time. So it, it wasn't as if they went a crawl. It was. Um, I think that he'll he'll want to step up in trip. He's going to run over a mile four next time out. Probably go to York on the twelfth of May. Um, but all, you know, nonetheless, it was a good run at Sandown, finishing second in what looked a hot race. Late Marie ran well at Beverly, finishing second. She'll improve plenty for that. And she's a good benchmark for the horses that took to come out of Carls. I was talking to James, Carls' assistant trainer, and he had good words for two or three of them. And I think there's, there's quite a few that are kind of Late Marie level and maybe ahead of those. But we'll see all those on the track in May. Large action, ran a great race, finishing fourth. Um, It looked like he got tired on the running, but uh, the jockey said that he was kind of losing his concentration when other horses came to him. Definitely the way to ride him is at the front. Um, He won't be seen now. He will have a break, and he'll come back early next year for novice chasing. Email will be on its word to the owners shortly, Um, just just in case of doing the podcast before I've got to that update. Zian ran a massive race at Beverly. Looks like it's in the form of his life. Ben was buzzing. And he will, um, he will probably run at Redcar this week, and he may also go to Beverly early next week. Eldrick Jones very happy with this run at Newmarket. He should go, should be there or thereabouts at Newmarket this week. I think Ben's been booked to ride. Claudavia on run a on a fine race at Catterick again. Just didn't quite get home. Um, I think she's going to be winning soon. Um, just a case of finding the right race and getting the right opportunity, and her level of fitness um, is when it's fully up to hundred percent. Hello. So now we've reached the section, reached the section of the podcast where I look at um, topics in racing, and you know that's pertinent to this week and anything that's been brought up. Um, obviously, the breeze ups this week. I've got been given a couple of questions. That kind of relate to the breeze ups uh first question how do you how do and or did you select your trainers initially and then decide which horses go where so the selecting the trainers are very much from an outsider looking in it's 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 very hard to gauge how who operates who each trainer how they operate basically um, and i'll what I look for in a trainer is somebody who's straightforward, uh, tells you as it is, doesn't cover anything up, sensibly priced, doesn't get too carried away with, with other costs like vets, um, uh, things like that, but also has the flexibility of mind. So that when I say, right, we need to go take this fully to Ireland, need to take this Philly to France, that they've got the staff and the mindset to go and do that as well. Um, yeah, kind of backward thinking, high costs, high vets costs, um, not painting the complete picture is my my, my big turnoffs. Um, so the the trainers that I'm using so it's changing all the time. Well, oh, first and foremost, they have to be able to perform. They have to be a horse. Um, but then after that, it comes down to those issues that I've just mentioned. Um. Yeah, you want somebody who's going to tell you exactly like it is. I mean, I send out, if I send out 100 updates a week, 75 of them might be positive, 25 might be negative, whatever the number is. Um, but I'm never going to be a person who sends out the 75 positive ones and not send out the 25 negative ones. I don't, don't see the point of that. Um, So I like it told as it is, and I'm pretty certain my investors like it told as it is. Trainers are using at the moment uh, I say sensibly priced. Trainers are ambitious. Trainers are performing to a high level. The jockeys that they use is also a factor. Um, I find it uh, frustrating that you, you, you go and buy the best horses, you send them to the best trainers, and then sometimes if they're not going to get the best rides in the world, then it's like kind of you've invested all this money and there's, there's a barrier in the way stopping you achieving what you want to achieve. Um, so those are pretty much the... The factors, um, and yeah, my team of trainers I've got at the moment, I'm very happy with them. People, um, people got Roger fell down as um not being very good with two year olds. Well, I've sent him. Don't know how many two year olds I've sent him. Not many, four or five, and nearly all of them have won. Um, we had our first two year old winner with Roger at the weekend, Twilight Lady, um, like is it's, that yard's well able to turn a two year old, um, and I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to send a lot more there. Lucy Lulu Eldrick Jones, you know, kind of prove that point, as does the Twilight Lady. I'm sure she'll get better on what she's done so far. The way the train is, is, is quite different. So the next question is um, What's my views on stalls training for two year olds and, and how the trainers use a and approach? So some trainers, um, well, trainers adopt a contrasting views when it comes to, to stalls i'm going to try not to mention any names here but some trainers would put the horses through the stalls the day before the race and that would be their first experience and then when they go to the race track they would be slowly away but they would generally hit the line hard so they would be finishing off their race well um, that works on certain tracks like Doncaster Nottingham Ascot straight tracks um, or if the races have been run over a distance. A lot of ours are five furlong horses, so I think it's easy to d- adopt that approach for mile races rather than five furlong races. Um, and the contrasting, viewer, that would be trainers would put them through every day, gallop them out of stalls many times, and you know that they'd be in front after 50 yards on their debut, but they might not be in front of the line and they may not hit the, the line hard. Um, we had the Twilight Lady run up at um, Musselburgh and there was there was a colt that was being very coltish up at the start, and he put her off. Um, but she gave him seventy five yard start. She ran the last four furlongs in exactly the same time as the winner. Uh, and then of course second time out she was put a little bit smarter, was able to go and win. Um, the first run was was almost the ideal experience for her looking ahead for the second run. Um, a filly called Mercy that we got with Grant Shewer. I know she's done, a, um, I would say, an average amount of stalls. work. You know, I'm, I'm not saying too little, not saying too much. Um, but she just didn't um, know what to do in the first 100 yards. And then she hit the line very hard at Beverley. She ran uh, the last two furlongs in time, which was equal to the winner, who's um, probably Royal Ascot bound. Um, it would not surprise me if Mercy went and won on her next start and that first run of going through horses, weaving in and out, um, having sighters, having horses to aim at, is, I think is part of the learning curve. Um, and, yeah, I think the first one would be a big help for uh, on the second one. What have been your biggest mistakes at the sales and how has your strategy in buying changed since you stuck out on your own? Um, biggest mistakes... I can't think of specific horses, but generally, when you get carried away with the pedigree and you don't look at the horse, um, that would be that would be something that would be um, very, you know, anti. I'm, I'm all all the time working hard at sales, looking at all the physicals, um, working out what the horse should look like, what it does look like, making sure they match up. Um, and t- just trying to buy the best physicals and we've had, I've said this many times but we had the best daughter of Gootifan the best daughter of Dandyman the best daughter of Adder, etc, cetera, etc cetera. there's lots of them, uh, best daughter of Cody Bear um, so yeah physicals are important and, and when I'm not looking at the physical, early on when I was a bit carried away with the pedigree thought that would be something I'd flag up as being a mistake When attending the sales, how do you decide on a suitable price for a horse when making a bid? Um, so we aim for as little as possible, um, and we decide on a price based on when the horse walks into the ring. Um, so it's not a an, it's not a market like you would value a car or a house. It's a market based on what the vendor wants for the horse and the level of competition you're likely to face to face to face. Um, so I, I know, for example, if a horse walks into the ring. And it's got a 50000 um yearling price on it. It's a, it's a two-year-old. And the guy selling it is worth millions. He's and If it's any good, he's going to want 100,000 for it. If it's no good or got problems, he's probably going to want his money back. Um, so I look. Experience tells me how much I think the vendor would expect for a horse. Um, and, yeah, I play it by play that. Um, I bought a of breath colt at Doncaster last week. The guy who owned it bought it for 800 quid. He'd had it eight months, six maybe six months. Um, he probably stood him in ten thousand. Um, he told me beforehand it was loose at fifteen to twenty thousand, um, and then that horse I knew, I was able to buy because the vendor didn't have high aspirations. I liked the horse a lot. It had a low yearling price, and it was one that I thought was was, was going to be very viable. The flip side of that would be, um, I'll see a horse that's got a yearling price of a hundred thousand. It's breezed well. The guy selling it um, generally does very well at the sales and you know sells for six-figure sums regularly. That horse is going if to, if, if it's on my list, chance are it's going to sell for 150,000, 200,000. Then it's obviously beyond me. The, I think the sale topper last week was a colt that made 230,000. Um, I was on that colt. Um, uh, it's a Tasley out of Bushy Park. Um, and 80,000, I probably would have had my hand up, but at two hundred thirty. Unfortunately, I couldn't, and that's because two people with a lot more money than I, prepared to pay, um, had their hands up, so that's why I didn't buy it.